And here we go. Here we go on this Monday. Great to have you with us uh, on this uh, hot Monday evening in the city, the last day of July 2023. Uh, and uh, as I was saying, I'm your humble host, Chip Washington. It is very good to be here. It's very good to be anywhere today. Any day above ground is a good day. Absolutely. Uh, so I hope that you had a uh, good and non-eventful weekend, uh, that everything went okay, and a lot of news uh, popping uh, off uh, today uh, and into the afternoon, but uh, we're here for the next hour, and we hope that you join us uh, for what I think is a pretty good broadcast. Uh, we will have some uh, interesting guests and talking about some interesting things uh, before it's all said uh, and done. Now. Uh, all the business at the top is how do you get this fine piece of radio broadcasting, especially after another fine edition of Level Lola, which uh, precedes uh, this broadcast from, from uh, 5 to 6 p.m. each and every Monday, uh, hosted by our own uh, DJ Lola. Nice job again today. Uh, you can catch us a number of ways. Of course, we're on live right now, uh, 91.7 on your FM dial, WYXR. Uh, you can also catch us on uh, WYXR, the app, WYXR, uh, uh, the yeah, the app. And, of course, uh, you know, you, you can go to the website as well. You can also find us on the TuneIn app. And we are also on Facebook Live today. Uh, and uh, when the show posts tomorrow afternoon, uh, you can catch us uh, on YouTube. And, of course, wherever it is you get your podcast. Hold up, hold up. Let me turn my phone down here. There you go. So, uh, as I said, uh, glad to have you with us uh, today. So it was, I think it was like 93 degrees today. It didn't feel oppressive, but it, it, it's hot. There's no doubt about that. And uh, the next couple of days from Wednesday, Thursday, and into Friday, we're going to start to see the mid to upper 90s uh, come into play once again. Slight chances of showers and things like that. Uh, so prepare again for the heat pump. The hot weather rules do apply because it is summer in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, our guest list tonight is as follows. Uh, Michelle McKissick, uh, who is uh, the uh, one of the Memphis and Shelby County Schools board members. Uh, she is going to join us in just a few minutes, kind of give us an update on some things. Uh, today, speaking of school, uh, the uh, summer vacation is over for the faculty and staff uh, in the Memphis and Shelby County Schools. They reported back today. Uh, your children are off for one more week. Uh, when we see you next week or when you hear us next week, uh, everybody will be back uh, in school uh, and everybody will be back off vacation and, uh, you know, kind of getting settled in, so to speak. Uh, but Michelle will talk to us about a number of things, the school superintendent search and, and uh, you know, what the, you know, the excitement of kids going back uh, to school uh, for another year. So we look forward to that conversation uh, a little bit later, we will be speaking with uh, DeAndre Brown. Now, DeAndre is the director of the Office of Reentry uh, for Shelby County. Uh, and, of course, uh, this is an organization, he's been doing this for a long time, that basically helps uh, individuals who have once have been uh, incarcerated, um, once they get out, uh, trying to, you know, re you know, refocus themselves into society and, uh, and opportunities and chances to to sort of uh, work again and sort of reestablish themselves and a sort of a second chance, if you will. He's going to be talking to us about a particular program uh, that they uh, that they a brand new program that they are launching. It's a training program, and I'm very much looking forward to talking uh, with him about that. It's called Focused. Uh, is this training program is six weeks and it's going to uh, it's designed to help uh, formerly offended individuals uh, with salary and some other things. So I'm looking forward to having that conversation and a bit later on. 
the well-known uh, pastor, religious leader uh, around here. Many of us know who he is, uh, the Reverend Dr. Bartholomew Orr. He's the senior pastor of Brown Baptist Church uh, and uh, over in South Haven. And he has written his second book. Uh, and he is going to come on and talk to us a little bit about the why why this book and what the inspiration was for it. So I look forward to having that conversation in the second half hour of the show. Uh, so there you are, caught up and uh, ready to go, ready to roll on this uh, Monday evening. Uh, of course, uh, we, we always kick things off by celebrating you. There are a lot of July babies uh, around here. And of course, uh, we like to shout you out. Anytime you can, uh, you know, make that another trip around the sun, you know, that's a blessing and a good thing. So we like to shout you out and celebrate you, but I can't do that without saying, hit it, Brent. Happy birthday! All right. Happy birthday, happy birthday to uh, Mr. Chris Malone. is celebrating uh, his birthday today as Lola uh, works the chair up to the microphone. Uh, also, Latarsha McCray celebrating today. My boy, Keith Caldwell, he's celebrating his birthday today. Wanda Wolf, happy birthday. Uh, Gwen Robinson Terry celebrating today. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Camille Chavon is celebrating her birthday today. Happy birthday to Sarah Moore Simmons, to Lonnie Thompson, Rick Davis, and Kim Natasha. Happy birthday, one and all. Lola. Yes, a very special happy birthday to my great nephew, Sean Williams II. Happy birthday. I believe he's 11. That's what, a, kind of a preteen man? Yeah. Happy birthday, young man. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you and happy birthday to everybody. And I hope that we're here next year to uh, celebrate your next trip around the sun. I hope your day is filled with fun and laughter. Thank you, Bren. So, uh... There's a story uh, that happened earlier this evening that we are making, uh, we made national news uh, once uh, again, uh, and there was a shooting uh, at a Jewish school uh, earlier this afternoon uh, here in the city on the east side of town, having about 1230 or so, uh, where a man uh, was apparently uh, outside the school. He tried to gain access to it, uh, uh, to the school. Uh, he was unable to do so. He did fire uh, a few shots. No one was hurt. No one was injured uh, in all of this. Uh, and uh, but obviously it, it it caused quite a bit of a stir. Uh, they had their security, uh, you know, uh, top flight security at the school, so no one was hurt. No one was injured. Uh, the school he was trying to break into was Margolin Hebrew Academy, which is a Jewish school. Uh, it was white male. Uh, apparently, uh, he was at once upon a time a student at the school, so he did try to gain access there. Uh, but uh, when he couldn't, he fired shots outside the school, got in his truck, drove away. The police found him three miles uh, later. Uh, they issued a traffic stop. He got out of the truck. He had a gun in his hand, and, well, you know what happened after that. Uh, he was shot by police. Uh, he is now in critical condition uh, at a hospital. The TBI, the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, uh, is handling the investigation now because he was shot by a Memphis Police Department. But again, you know, this story is already on the national news. I heard it twice uh, on my way down here after 5 o'clock this evening already. Uh, <clears throat> we don't want to uh, brand this. Uh, as Some people are looking at it now as this could be a hate crime against the Jewish community and, 
you know, again, you know, I, I, I caution folks to get too, you know, to get too, uh, too carried away with uh, trying to, uh, you know, brand something when they don't have the information, they don't have the, you know, they don't know what's what's going on there. Uh, but in, in any event, uh, it, uh, I I even heard a national news uh, news anchor say uh, we could have averted a uh, a uh, uh, mass shooting. So you know, again, you know, here we go. Let, let's just wait and find out what happened. But I'm glad no one was hurt. Uh, a death to talk about today. Uh, Paul Rubens. Uh, many of you know him as uh, Pee Wee Herman. Uh, he died today at the age of 70. Uh, no <coughs> cause of death issue. Apparently, he was dealing with a, a, some sort of, a, you know, a medical uh, issue. But, uh, yeah, he, he's, uh, you know, Pee Wee Herman was uh, pretty big uh, at once upon a time back in the day. Uh, so, uh, you know, we, uh, we, uh, we know that uh, uh, he has uh, transitioned on. And if you watch uh, the show called Euphoria, <clears throat> which is a, was a big, big hit, and I guess not was, it still is a big hit on, uh, on uh, HBO, uh, one of their uh, former actors died today uh, at the age of 25. I can't, uh, I want to say his name is Argo. Uh, and, uh, you know, apparently uh, the news of his, his death uh, has sort of rocked the community as well, particularly those who are big fans of that show, uh, euphoria. Uh, so, uh, you know, once again, we, we mourn his loss uh, as well. Last week, Thursday, uh, we got a, a big press conference uh, to announce the fact that the Department of Justice, the United States Department of Justice, uh, is launching a formal investigation uh, against the uh, city of Memphis and the Memphis Police Department um, it, it, because of patterns of behavior. Uh, that are happening. This, of course, uh, following the uh, tragic death of Tyree Nichols, uh, and uh, apparently uh, there is a culture within the police department uh, that uh, is uh, is a bit troubling and causing some problems. Uh, you know, as I've said on this show many times, uh, we're dealing in the city right now. We're dealing with mistrust all the way around. Uh, we don't trust the law enforcement. You know, and then we're dealing with a major uh, crime situation here. So people are scared, they're frustrated, they're angry, uh, they're seeking answers, they don't trust the police. Uh, so the Department of Justice uh, is going to come in here and conduct a, a major investigation into this. Uh, and uh, when it's all said and done, uh, we will find out exactly what they found out uh, because um, things do have to change. You have to change. And uh, I think uh, this is a, a big, big step in that direction. Now, let me just say this. Anytime the Department of Justice from the federal government comes knocking on your door, that's not good news. That's not good news. So when it's all said and done, we'll hear some very interesting things about this. Uh, they have also asked that the general public uh, who has something to offer uh, by way of a, of a negative experience with the police department, uh, contact the Department of Justice and give them uh, your story as well. This could have long lasting ramifications. Uh, Mayor Strickland said the other day that this could actually hurt uh, recruitment of new officers. Of course, we're pretty short in that department. So we'll see what happens with this. But this is a very big deal. Don't think it's not because it is. Germantown's water issues uh, seem to be resolved for the time being. All samples uh, as of today have come back clear. Now, Saturday, there were several people who said that they still, when they turned their water on, they still smelled uh, uh, an aroma of gas. Uh, but apparently all that has been cleared out and everything uh, is once again normal. So we will 
you know, let's hope that that's, that's, that stays the way it is for a while because I know the folks in Germantown were really <clears throat> going through some very big frustrations. A sinkhole has opened up downtown. Uh, if you're traveling down North 2nd, uh, right around Madison, you can't get through. There is a huge sinkhole right in the middle of the street. Uh, so that area is closed. We don't know how long it will be closed, uh, but it is closed for right now. Uh, and uh, just if you don't need to go that way, don't because you won't be able to get through anyway. Uh, let me see here. I want to conclude this uh, news brief by saying uh, big ups and a big congratulations to Mr. Art Gilliam. If that name sounds familiar, but you're not sure where you heard it, he is the president, longtime president and CEO of WLOK Radio. He's owned that radio station for uh, over 46 years. He is the first and only black uh, to own a radio station in this city. And that still stands today, by the way, locally owned. Uh, he was uh, uh, inducted into the Tennessee Radio Hall of Fame in a ceremony that happened over the weekend in Columbia, Tennessee. I was honored to, uh, to go up and, and be there and to support him. Uh, but that's a very big deal uh, to be inducted into any kind of Hall of Fame because it talks about a lifetime of achievement and accomplishments uh, which uh, he was certainly a part of. He was inducted along with uh, uh, four or five other people uh, and, uh, and a well-deserved honor, uh, absolutely, to be sure. So congratulations to Mr. Gilliam and all the folks over at WLOK Radio. With that, we're going to take our first break of the evening, and when we come back, let's get into the show. What do you say? Uh, on this Monday evening edition of Let's Talk About It right here on um, 91.7 WYXR. I'm Chip. You know who you are. Quick break. Right back. If you like real talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest? or have a guest idea, then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. MIFA's Meals on Wheels program serves more than 700,000 meals to seniors across Memphis and Shelby County each year. MIFA depends on volunteers to deliver many of those meals, and the volunteers may be the only person the seniors see that day. If you would like to be part of MIFA's long tradition of service and to learn more about volunteering, more information can be found at mifa.org wyxr. Mississippi's independent record store, The End of All Music, has locations in Oxford and Jackson, Mississippi. Both shops are open seven days a week, specializing in new and used vinyl records and CDs. Do your old records need a new home? More information at endofallmusic.com. On November 17th, Minglewood Hall will host indie folk band, The Head and the Heart. The night will begin with an opening set by indie pop artist, Yoke Lore. More information regarding tickets can be found at minglewoodhall.com.
Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR. And he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this uh, beautiful Monday evening in the city. Chip with you. Uh, and, of course, as I mentioned, uh, this was the first day of school uh, for the uh, faculty and staff of the Memphis uh, City and Shelby County Schools uh, heading back in and getting uh, cranked up and started and ready to go for another school year. The children uh, hit the classroom next Monday. Uh, and uh, with us tonight uh, is a very good friend of uh, the program and, and mine. Uh, she is a Memphis and Shelby County School Board member, and she is Michelle McKissick. And hi again, Michelle. How are you? Glad to have you back on the show. Hi, Chip. Thank you for having me. I look forward to it. So, you know, we're, we're talking again once uh, once again. A brand new school year is about to, is about to you know, take off. Uh, and, uh, you know, there, there's been a lot uh, going on between uh, the last and, and, and this one. But uh, I take it uh, you're looking forward to another uh, hopefully very productive year within the school system. Oh, yes, absolutely. I always love the start at the beginning of a new school year. Uh, my daughter personally is starting seventh grade. And oh. so we went school supply shopping with her trying to take advantage of tax free weekend and always uh, new beginnings you always want to start fresh and anew yeah you know and 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 i think that uh, you know there's always an excitement now you know during the uh during the, the summer months or or actually uh, during the testing uh, uh last uh, last semester you know we found that a lot of our third graders uh you know did not meet the requirement uh, to uh to to move forward into the fourth grade but there were some opportunities uh, during the summer, uh, the enrichment, really enrichment program and others, for them to be able to do that. Are you pleased with uh, what you've seen? I mean, because uh, we do have, uh, uh, there, there was a quite a few that were able to uh, be promoted as a result of that. Uh, that's right. There were several avenues that uh, parents could take advantage of for their children. Um, they could select to participate in the Summer Learning Academy where uh, at that point, they can get that intensive one-on-one -on -one type of time so that they can get their uh, scores back up to where they need. They could take advantage of uh, doing tutoring throughout the school year that would be coming up. And then for some of those who apply for, um, what's the word I'm looking for, just basically uh, an exception to the Tennessee law, and some fell into that category where they were approved by the Tennessee Department of Education to continue on to the fourth grade. So we had really good participation and we're just, you know, this is all a part of a new process that the state has mandated, and we're working through it to make sure that students are where they need to be academically. I don't think anybody would argue the fact that uh, COVID, uh, for all of us, uh, mm -hmm. put a lot of folks behind behind the eight ball in a lot of different ways. Uh, mm -hmm. It's been it's been a couple of years now, and uh, you know things are starting to move, you know, back in that normal direction. Do mm -hmm. you see? Uh, us uh, in particular as a, as a school district starting to recover from that, the kids starting to recover and things like that. What's your take on on where we where we were versus where we are today? We've come a really long way from where we were. I mean, it was a really challenging time from like 2020 and then 2021. So you know, just even just having graduations this year, it just for the first time felt 
something close to normal pre-pandemic levels and not having to wear masks. So even just the physical aspect of it, it feels different. I think this is probably the first school year where it's starting to feel like it was before the pandemic. Um, but as far as the impact academically, we're absolutely still feeling the impact of the pandemic, of a school district that was already, you know, we're having challenges to making sure that our students are where they needed to be. And then the pandemic just really um, slowed us down. And not just here at Memphis Shelby County Schools, but all across the country, all across the state of Tennessee. Sure. And that's why Tennessee Department of Education uh, really wanted to implement this um, third grade initiative because as you well know, it's like a student who is reading on grade level by third grade. Then when they get to fourth grade and beyond, they are you know reading to learn, not learning to read. Hmm. So uh, we couldn't we couldn't have this conversation without talking about uh, you know some of the issues uh, that we had to deal with in terms of the uh, process of uh, selecting a new. Uh, school superintendent. Uh, we there's been a there's been a lot to this, uh, and uh, yeah. I, I guess yeah. I should I should ask you right now. I think that you are. And I don't want to you know jump into you know areas that I'm not familiar with. But are you where are you in the process? Are you starting to take applications again in terms of the, where is the board in terms of this right now? I I'm so glad you asked that, Chip, because there has been progress and work over the summer. It's like school may have been out, but the school board and school board commission have been very much at work on this process because as you know we had not conducted uh, a national superintendent search in well over a decade since uh, before you know it went from Memphis City Schools to Shelby County Schools now Memphis Shelby County Schools so there's been a whole lot of time that's transpired since then and of course as everyone knows since the past year has been um, as we've learned and grown and listened to the community of what they were seeking that's why we are where we are right now, where we open the pool up for more uh, um, candidates for the superintendent store. So we're at a really good spot right now. I'm happy to announce the very latest information. This is really hot off the press. So okay. this week, this week we'll be posting it uh, live, all the criteria for a um, superintendent candidate for our school district. And so that's going to be happening right now. We had a meeting last week where we uh, re-signed with our search firm that we have been working with. We worked through the criteria that went on for several weeks as well. So we really have tightened this up and we're going to start having uh, community meetings once the school year gets back underway and, and principals and families have gotten settled into their school year in the next several weeks, uh, then we'll start having community um, meetings as well. Well, that is uh, that that's some good news uh, in, in terms of that. Uh, now, you know, and, you know, for a while there, it, it was a bit contentious. And, and uh, you know, a, a lot of the a lot of you members were kind of on, you know, in, on, on different uh, different pages there. But it, but based on what you just said, it sounds like uh, there is cohesiveness now and that uh, everybody is on the same track moving in the, uh, in the same direction forward uh, to try to make this a very selective, make this selection a, a, a very a successful one, correct? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that was always the point of like, you know, uh, moving toward the same goal of getting the best person for this job. And there was a lot of change that went on. We had, you know, school board elections this time last year. So we had two to three new board members to come on. And so, in fact, yeah, one was appointed, two were elected. And so that was a lot of upheaval. Anytime you even have just one new board member, that changes the entire tenor of the entire board. So 
that happened. Uh, and, you know, now we have another new board member who was recently appointed right. a week or so, oh, two weeks ago. Right. So, but we went through a, a really um, arduous process, but it was a necessary one to make sure that we all got on the same page of what we were looking for, what the community wanted to hear uh, as far as how do we go about getting the best person for that? And I believe we're in a really good spot now for that. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the next steps. Mauricio Calvo is the is the latest addition to your mm-hmm. uh, to, to the to the school board. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've known him for a long time. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a mm-hmm. fine he's a fine man, and uh, I think he'll bring uh, you know a lot to the to this to this process. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so you know, a, a, as it stands now, and, and as we you know begin to move forward, are you are, is there a timetable? When would you like to see uh, as a board uh, the new superintendent announced and in place? We will definitely have a new superintendent in place um, during this academic school year. It may happen at the um, beginning of the second semester because what's going to happen now? So we're going to post publicly live this week um, all the criteria for the superintendent search and officially open it up for candidates uh, again at that point. And our search firm will lay out all of that timeline then. We have a website excuse me, supersearch.com that will list all of that in detail. We'll line up when the community meetings are taking place. And we're going to be receiving applications, I believe, through like the beginning, end of October, beginning of November, okay. so that we can then start the inter- interview process. So, uh, and then you, of course, you'll have the holidays. So that's going to slow things down. So that's why I believe it'll be uh, toward the beginning of the second semester when we can, we'll be announcing uh, this person. Uh, community input has always been a dynamic uh, situation uh, mm-hmm. in, in terms of you know, because people are very passionate about you know the oh, young yeah. people in in education and things like that and and I it, it, this it, it may sound like a silly question but I'll ask it anyway how important is it uh, for the community to really be engaged and involved in this process. I think it's very important. I mean, these uh, it's 110,000 students that we have, and that's impacting all the families that are associated with those students. And so the more we hear from a more diverse group of people, the more uh, impactful we can be. Because as uh, board members, we are here to represent our constituents. We want to hear from families. And I'm one of them. I'm, I'm a parent of this district. Sure. I have four children. My three sons have graduated from Memphis Shelby County Schools. My daughter's going into seventh grade. So this is something that's not just as a board member. I'm also a parent in mm-hmm. this district. So we want to make sure that we are listening to the needs of, of families. And we know that this has been, you know, a process that has been a little prickly. But when you're making a decision that's this big, one that hasn't been made in well over a decade, um, then therefore, you know, there are bumps along the road, but we are learning from that and moving forward. And I really believe that we've got it pulled together now where uh, everyone's on the same page. And uh, I, I think the community will be pleased. A lot of moving parts in this process, no doubt about it. And I, and I think that, uh, you know, what you just said was, you know what, there are bumps and bruises. Nothing is smooth. Uh, nothing is mm-hmm. always smooth. I mean, there are bumps and bru- you know, bruises that you go through. But mm-hmm. but every 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 experience, it should be a learning experience, uh, which is right. kind of what you just right. said. Michelle McKissick, uh, good friend. Uh, it's been, a, we hadn't talked in a while. And I'm, uh, I'm hoping, uh, best of luck uh, as we uh, begin a brand new school year. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and for you all as well, your daughter going into the seventh grade, and uh, you know, for you all as you as you select the next leader uh, uh, of this school district, thank you for uh, taking some time to come on the show tonight. You know, I appreciate you. 
Oh, absolutely. For anyone who wants more details, you can go to the Memphis Shelby County Schools website, scsk12.org. You'll find a link there to find more about the superintendent search. My friend, thank you so much. And uh, we'll be talking to you down the road for sure. All right. Thanks, Chip. Always glad to be here. Thank you so much. Michelle McKissick, ladies and gentlemen, a member of the uh, Memphis and Shelby County School Board, uh, kind of breaking down uh, this uh, upcoming school year, including the search for the superintendent. It's always great uh, to have her on. Uh, She is one uh, who will always tell it uh, the way it is, and that's what I appreciate the most. We're going to take another break, and when we come back, uh, we're going to talk to a, a young man, Uh, who uh, is uh, leading a very special program. You know, uh, there are people out here who uh, have uh, fallen on difficult times, who have been incarcerated, locked up. The the biggest issue when they get out uh, as they try to recapture their life uh, and their family is uh, to reinsert themselves back in the community. Well, I'm going to talk to a a young man who's going to talk to us about a brand new program uh, that will help in that manner. This is Real Talk Memphis. I'm Chip. We'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. WYXR is supported by the Museum of Science and History presenting Laser Live, which brings live music and laser light effects together for a live concert series in the Mosh AutoZone Dome at the Sharp Planetarium. The series continues with Al Capone on August 19th. More information at moshmemphis.com. WYXR is supported by Mempho, presenting Green Sky Bluegrass at Minglewood Hall on Thursday, November 16th. This is an all-ages show and will include an opening set by Lindsay Liu. Ticket information and availability at MemphisPresents.com. Let's take it back in time to Cool Summers by Mint Cream Market. Shop with Memphis artists and makers alike. It will feature music from WYXR DJs every last Saturday of the month starting June 24th at the High Cotton Brewery located in the Historic Edge District. Thanks to Mint Cream Market, Memphis Medical District Collaborative, and WYXR. More information at mintcreammarket.com. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this Monday evening. Checking the uh, Facebook Live line. Sarah Gum is uh, checking in this evening. My boy, Jay Worth, GKP, respect. He's uh, watching us this evening. Patricia Rogers is also checking us out. This is Michael Harris, Audrey Hill. Uh, Kathy Mailer Salmon is watching us. Is 
And uh, Bishop Charles Rogers, that is a great man. Uh, he's checking us out as well. Vanessa Jewel Hudson Brown uh, as well. Thank you all for uh, checking us out. And uh, I want to thank in advance uh, my next guest. Uh, th this young fella has uh, is doing great things in our community because he has always been one to try to uh, realize and understand that folks make mistakes. Uh, and 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 but that mistakes don't define you. Uh, and uh, he is uh, right now. He's the director of the Office of Reentry uh, in Shelby County, uh, and uh, they are always doing things to uh, let people know that b because you've fallen on difficult times, you may have been incarcerated. Things have happened. Uh, your life is not over. Please welcome to the show, DeAndre Brown. And DeAndre, it's great to see you, my friend. And thanks for coming on tonight. I really appreciate you. Good to see you, Brother Chip. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, uh, you know, the Office of Reentry, for for people who don't know uh, exactly what it is, what the function of the office is, I mean, it sounds pretty simple, but but let people know exactly uh, what your office does and, and its function. The function of our office is to assist individuals that are justice involved with returning back to a life that is considered normal. Mm -hmm. uh, when you have a conviction or when you've had some justice involvement with the system, it's very difficult because of the collateral consequences and it becomes hard to navigate getting a job, finding a place to live, connecting with your benefits, things like that sometimes become cumbersome. And we know that if individuals have already made bad decisions, it's easy to go back to that. So we want to alleviate that and make crime unattractive. Well, and that is and that is a, a major point. Um, I know that there have been some efforts to try to to help folks, uh, you know, who have been previously locked up in terms of uh, expungement clinics and a lot of other things. But uh, you are uh, uh, shepherding uh, a new program. It's a training program. Uh, it's called Focused, if, if, if I'm not mistaken. Tell us a little bit about this program, why it was so important uh, for you all to launch it. Yes, sir. It's actually a revamping. Uh, Director Collins, my uh, now Chief Collins, uh, CAO of the county, my my predecessor, started the program, and it was on a weekend. Uh, with the help of the Office of Innovation and, and uh, Director Inez, we've decided to make it more robust, make it a weekly thing, uh, have an incentive so people want to be a part of it, and give men and women actual tangible skills on how to get jobs, how to retain jobs, but more importantly, how to become productive citizens. Well, that's extraordinarily important. Now, now kind of lay out uh, the concept of it. You you kind of talked a little bit about that, but it's a training program. It's six weeks, I believe, and there's going to be, a, 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 it's, a, it's a salary-based program, correct? That is correct. Make $17 an hour, Monday through Friday, uh, nine to around two, two o'clock. Mm -hmm. We'll be able to, actually, one of the things I love about this work is when you get the chance to live life with people. It's one thing to have them sitting in the classroom and, and giving them information, but to actually interact with them in a way that let them know they feel valued and real. And then they, they will open up and share with you the struggle that they're having. And when we have a group setting like this, it allows them to also be teachers to one another. Mm. So they're working uh, you know, together and they're working together uh, based on what you just said. And, and I think that that, uh, that provides a extraordinary value. And I mean, it clearly it's something that you know, for you, uh, you know, is, is, is very, very important. Uh, I would imagine that there are a lot of individuals that you deal with or have dealt with in the past, uh, DeAndre, uh, that really feel uh, challenged uh, in, in the struggle uh, in society because uh, for a lot of people, uh, they feel like they've been written off. They feel like, uh, you know, uh, nobody wants them. Uh, there really is no hope. Talk a little bit about um, what this does 
to really sort of boost a person's, uh, you know, a capacity for once again being uh, a useful and productive citizen in today's society? I'll give you one of those small things that people miss. Generally, when a person applies for a job, there's a question that says, have you ever been convicted? Yes, sir. And when you check that box, you know that there's pretty much no hope for you to get that position. Well, we're different. We actually ask the question on our application, not to exclude, but to include. So if a person doesn't have any contact with the justice system, they don't qualify. So just to let them know that what they've done in the past in this program is what's going to give them entrance. So when they know that the, the actual infraction didn't exclude, it's what included them, we're able to start on a foundation of trust. Hmm. And then we can move forward by getting to know them, letting them get to know us, and again, just living life with them. Uh, DeAndre, is is there an effort afoot um, by the county, and, I, and I'm not. Sure, I, I think I'm. I think I'm right about this. Uh, to remove that particular uh, question from these uh, job uh, these job applications, because for many, uh, it doesn't seem like a, a very fair question. Indeed, it's already been removed from the city. It's been removed from the county as well. So uh-huh. if you're filling out a city or county application and it's not for a first responder job, the question won't be asked. Hmm. Until you can offer a conditional letter of employment. So you know, with this program and and other things that I know you're working on, uh, what, what what's the end result? I and mean, this is an ongoing process, clearly. Uh, but yes. but but at the end of the day, uh, what defines success, or what would define success for you uh, in a program like this? Because I think I think this is a a really good a continuation of what was once started. Yes, sir. So the, the short term, most tangible goal is to have our individuals that graduate gainfully employed. But for me, I see it as a broader picture for the community, mm. because now the individuals that have been making bad decisions are next the next future leader. One of the things that we challenge our men and women in our programming is to be who we are in spaces that we're not. So we can't be in all places at all times, but the training that we give them can so we challenge them to be the person to pay it forward because we took a chance on them. We need them to take a chance on us by supporting the work and being able to. I believe the easiest way to reduce crime is to change the behavior of a criminal. Mm. So if you get a person that's actively, actively committing crime and change their behavior, you've immediately reduced crime. And the people that look up to them still see them in a positive light, but they see them doing things different. This just sounds like something that we need to see a lot more of, uh, DeAndre. Uh, would you say so? Oh, my God. Yes. I believe that the problem, though, Chip, is it's so difficult sometimes to get individuals that have made bad decisions to see the value in turning their lives around, because this is going to be sometimes delayed gratification. That rush of criminal activity sometimes is like a drug that's addictive. So we have to break that down in them and let them realize it's, it's an advantage to being on the right side of the law. It really is a cycle. Uh, what you just said uh, was 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 pretty heavy duty. It really is a cycle, and for so many of them, they just they don't feel like there is any other way uh, to survive and to live. You know, rather than to to work hard and try to go through uh, and try to come out the other side of programs like this. Uh, but to continue, you know, th- that's a very important component. And th- th- this whole cycle thing and what you're trying to do uh, with programs like this and others, I would imagine, is just break that cycle and build that trust to say, look, we're not going to throw you away. We're here to help you uh, and make them believe it. Correct. That is so true, because once they feel valued again, 
there's been so many men and women that have come back to me and said, Director, I appreciate you for turning my life around. I'm never going back. Because once they feel a sense of belonging, it's one thing to have been a, a part of a family, a part of a, a unit and, and lost their connection, yeah. but to then be brought, be brought back in and be seen as important and valuable and be encouraged again, people don't want to lose that. So we, what we do is we try to build it in our office first and pray that it carries on home. Well, I got to be honest. I mean, th- th- these type of programs are are really uh, should be, you know, the mandatory for 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 any and everybody uh, in, in terms to watch. What you're doing is you're setting a template uh, that I would imagine uh, other people uh, you want other people to follow. And I think there is nothing more gratifying uh, than to be able to help an individual who didn't think that you know he would ever get any or he or she would ever get any help. And they turned their lives around. And what you just said earlier was about basically reaching back and teaching others and pulling them up as well. If we continue to do that, uh, you know, as a society and as a city and a county, uh, maybe we can start to curb some of the issues that we see on a daily basis. Indeed, hope is not lost, Chip. I tell you, we just have to be a little more vigilant. We have to be willing to engage them intentionally. We can't be afraid of people. We have to want to be a part of their lives and show them that it's a genuine care. We're not trying to teach them things. We're trying to pull out the best in them. And when they see that we're trying to pull it out, they will assist us in helping reach it because many times they don't even know it exists inside them because they haven't really tapped into it before. DeAndre Brown, my friend. You know, I, I, I've admired you. I, when I see you, I always tell you how proud I am of you. I mean, it's just it's extraordinary uh, the work that you have devoted your life to in helping so many other folks. Uh, extraordinarily proud of you. DeAndre Brown, ladies and gentlemen, he is the director uh, of the Office of Reentry of Shelby County. Uh, DeAndre, man, thank you so much for coming on the show. And more importantly, man, God bless you for the work that you're doing. Uh, keep it up. We desperately need it. And we desperately need folks like you. Thank you, Chip. And if there are any employees that want to be a part of this and hire out people after, please call our office, 901-222-4550. Give me that number one more time. 901-222-4550. There you go. There you go. DeAndre, thank you so much, my friend. And I'll be talking to you down the road, man. You take good care. Thank you, Chip. Have a great week. You too, my friend. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the type of story uh, that you want to hear. You know, nobody uh, should be thrown away. Uh, everyone has value. Everyone has purpose. Uh, and, 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 you know, God, God uh, says that, you know what, uh, you know, we all uh, have something uh, that we can give to other folks. And, uh, you know, what they, the work that DeAndre and the folks down there at Chevy County are doing is absolutely invaluable. And I'm really happy to have him on the show. We'll take our final break of this show. When we come back, we're going to talk to a very familiar face in the religious community and about a brand new book he has out on uh, making us a better community. This is Real Talk Memphis. I am Chip. You know who you are. We'll take our final break and we'll be right back. Don't go away. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. It's 
Church Health's Memphis Plan continues its decades-long commitment to serving local musicians with comprehensive health care and also tailors its focus to small business owners and the self-employed. Healthcare through the Memphis Plan provides care in Memphis for Memphians. Related services include preventative health, optometry, dental care, and more. More information regarding availability at memphisplan.org or at 901-272-PLAN. The Sunset Jazz at Court Square Concert Series is back every second Sunday, May through October, featuring Memphis's top jazz artists at 62 North Main in downtown Memphis. More information and the lineup are available at sunsetjazzmemphis.com. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this uh, beautiful Monday evening uh, in the city. Very happy to have you with us. Very happy to have my next guest with us. He is uh, very well known uh, in uh, the Mid-South community. Uh, He is a preacher. He is a teacher. Uh, He is uh, one to be looked up to and admired. And I'm very happy to have him on the show tonight. Please welcome uh, the good Reverend Dr. Bartholomew Orr. He's the senior pastor of Brown Baptist Church. And pastor, it is great to see you. Good to see you, Chip, as well. So, listen, uh, you know, about, uh, before I even get, get started here, uh, they, they, uh, one of your <laughs> one of your your members is on the Facebook Live line, uh, family friend, and Jackie Woods Webb, uh, and yes. uh, yeah, and Jackie Jackie said hi, I'll Pastor Bartholomew. Or yeah, she is. <laughs> she, 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 yeah, she is, and and she's checking us out tonight. She's checking you out tonight. Is what she's doing. Um, I appreciate that. My favorite member. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Don't now see. Don't say that you lie. You get in trouble. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> so listen. Uh, you, um, uh, besides uh, the, the busyness of uh, being a, a full time pastor, preacher, and teacher, uh, you're also an author. You've written a book, uh, and uh, you have decided to write uh, a second book. Tell us a little bit about that. Give us the title and tell us what the uh, motivation was for you to write this book. Um, well, the book is called Outside the Box. And uh, uh, several years ago, I preached a sermon about outside the box. And and Chip, I literally preached it inside of a box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, I eventually broke out of the box because Jesus, when he was here, uh, he did not stay stuck and remained in a box, but he went everywhere uh, to everybody and really doing his miracles and his ministry and taking his message. And so that was the uh, thrust of the sermon and really the uh, ideal of the book that the church in these ever-changing time, we have to creatively think outside the box. How do we work outside the box and be bold enough to step outside the box to really make a change, not only in our church, but in the community around us? So how do you do that? How do you do that? Well, you you know, as a church, I believe, first of all, we have to stay 
uh, true to the message of Jesus Christ. Um, there's a lot going on in our community with crime, uh, just economics, ups and downs, uh, the political climate, mm. and yet it's the word of God that ultimately will change the hearts of individual. And that's the reason why I believe the church has the answer to what we are going through. You know, the, there's a scripture that says, how can a young man clean up his ways, but by taking heed to the word of God. So we have to be true to the message and champion the message of Christ. But then how do we mature and grow our congregations? How do we grow our members to being strong disciples of Christ uh, that are not only changing themselves, but have the mindset of how can I go out and disciple others and change others? So that maturity piece, the message piece, and then how do we get beyond the walls of the church and do ministry? You know, every church ought to be letting their light so shine that men will see their good works and glorify the Father. So how do we get beyond the walls of the church ministry? How do we mentor this next generation? And then how do we take mission and do it locally, nationally, and internationally? And um, if, if you notice, you know, I'm I'm a Baptist preacher, so I like alliteration. Yes, sir. But those are five M's, message, maturity maturity, uh, mission, ministry, and mentoring. I believe that is the way uh, that we become impactful as well as staying relevant in these times. Uh, Pastor, uh, one of the things that you said has always stuck out to me uh, in terms of the church, and a lot of people have a lot of differing opinions, but uh, outside the four walls of the church, that is where the community is, uh, and it sounds to me like you are very much a proponent for meeting people where they are. Talk about that. Well, that's what Jesus did. I mean, you know, the scripture says he went from village to village. He was healing the sick. Matter of fact, they were bringing the people to Jesus when he showed up in these areas. So, mm. so how do we go outside the walls? Uh, there are some things that every church can do that I believe that can really be transformative to our entire community. What, what could happen if every church adopted a school in their neighborhood what can happen mm. if every church decided that we're going to affect one family in the community and that we're going to focus on giving this family some wraparound services so that they can truly change their situation what could happen if every church advocate some of these major issues that we're dealing with, whether it is safety, whether it is um, just health disparities that are among us. Uh, and so these are just some baby steps, if you will, that every church can begin to do. And then we can have strong neighborhoods. We can get back to lifting our entire city. If you're just joining us, we're speaking with Reverend Dr. Bartholomew Orr, Senior Pastor, Brown Baptist Church, and we're talking about uh, his new book. It's called Outside the, the Box. It's a very uh, a prophetic uh, a title. And, and you know, when you, when you think about that, you know, our communities, uh, and, I, and I don't uh, presume to put words in your mouth, but in my opinion, very fractured, very fractured. People uh, don't really act like they care about each other, uh, you know, much uh, anymore. Uh, a lot of us are fearful about a lot of other things. Uh, the single message uh, in, in this book, uh, from your perspective, uh, in your viewpoint, is what? Well, if we think about Jesus, Jesus came full of love, 
showing that love, displaying that love, living out that love. Um, it is because of his love that he gave his life for us. And what better way for the church uh, to really exemplify the life of Christ as we show that same love and compassion to our fellow man? You know, uh, Jesus said, look, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples mm. by the love that you have one for another. And, and so as we love one another, as we uh, love our community, as we love our neighborhood, I, I said in a sermon recently, if we love people, we won't carjack them. <laughs> you know, yeah. if, if we really love people, uh, we'll show up at the school. Uh, we'll be involved in PTAs. We'll be involved in training this next generation uh, if we truly love people. And so that's what we have to get back to doing. And how do we do that creatively in these times that we live in? And that that is the challenge. And I, and I think that you have challenged, uh, you know, others uh, and all of us, basically, you know, we all have we all have skin in the game we all have a responsibility is what it sounds like to me is what you're saying uh and that that, that none of us should be excluded from that uh you know whether or not we need to get past our own egos i think and maybe some of our own fears and some of our own perceptions and i think that's one of the biggest uh, lessons and then by going out and meeting people where they are uh, and right. talking to them and it, it, it sounds to me like that that is really the message that you're trying to preach to us as a community, am I correct? Yes, most definitely. Um, we have to be proactive. A lot of times we are reactive yeah. when things go wrong, yeah. but how do we begin to be proactive uh, in trying to uh, impact and change the lives of, of our young people, change the lives of, of our seasoned saints that are among us? So, so how do we just be proactive? And there are so many ways that we can creatively um, times are changing so much and and we have to keep up and matter of fact not only just keep up with the times i believe we need to creatively be ahead of the times before i let you uh, go um I, I would like to ask a favor would you uh would you would you pray for us uh, as a as a city and as a community before uh, you most go? most definitely ship and i, I appreciate appreciate you appreciate what you're doing you know uh proverbs chapter 11 Verse 11 says that by the blessings of the upright, the city is exalted, but it is by the talk of the wicked, the treacherous, that it is overthrown. And, and so we need more uh, change agents like yourself talking about the positive change and what we can be doing productively to make a difference. And so, Father God, Lord, I do thank you for this uh, time. Thank you for this privilege. And Lord, you have called the church for such a time like this and you've asked that we be creative and think outside the box on how do we work with uh, community partners to bring about a lasting change in our communities and so i pray lord for our city i pray for the leadership that you will give them wisdom knowledge and understanding give them vision uh, for where this city is going and how do we get there successfully. I pray for all of the churches and nonprofits, for every business and, and for our schools and the hospitals, for all of our governmental agencies and, and even our uh, police department, God, that your hand of protection and favor mm -hmm. will rest upon us. Yeah. You have a calling, 
a job and a mission for each one of us. Mm. May we do it with all of our might for your glory and for the good and welfare of this city. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen to that. Uh, Reverend Dr. Bartholomew Orr, ladies and gentlemen, Senior Pastor Brown Baptist Church. Uh, Pastor Orr, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to come on and visit with us tonight. More importantly, uh, thank you for all you do for all of us as a people. And uh, this book, uh, I know, will be a blessing to so many folks. Uh, and I wish you nothing but the best of luck. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you so very much, Chip. I appreciate you. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, th th that's how you end the broadcast right there. And, uh, you know, again, we have a lot of problems and we have a lot of challenges that we have to deal with. And uh, one thing that we don't need to do is try to act like we don't have these issues because we do. We need to face them. And, and as Pastor Orr said, we need to love each other. We need to take care of each other and try to support each other. And, and if we do enough of that, maybe we will turn a corner and change. And as we uh, get out of here and Brent plays, our, plays us out, I want to thank you all for uh, tuning in, however it is you tune in, and whether it's by radio, whether it's by Facebook Live, or however you find us. Uh, please download the podcast. The podcast, of course, uh, drops uh, uh, tomorrow afternoon. Uh, you'll be able to hear uh, what you just heard on the show tonight. Uh, and please, more importantly, tell each other, share what we do on this broadcast. Because uh, we don't just come in here and throw this thing together. It takes a little work, and we try to present uh, the best uh, guest uh, to each and every one of you. Uh, so I'm humbled, and I thank you for your support and your encouragement. Uh, so for Brand, for Nicole, uh, and for Lola, uh, I'm Chip, and I'm out. Please take care of yourself and take care of each other because it is so extraordinarily important. And uh, as I like to always say, till next time, and we are out.